This is episode number 171. What are your values? With Dr. Summer Watson. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to invite all of our listeners to our upcoming weekly conversation called Courageous Conversations. This is something that we started a few months ago with the intention of bringing our community even closer around a common topic or theme that each and every single one of us experiences. If you would like to know more details about how you can join any of these upcoming calls, please leave us a message through our website at overcomingodds.today to which we respond with all the details about how you can become a part of this community. Also, if you like what you heard on any of the previous episodes, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Ads podcast. Today's guest is someone that I've been wanting to bring on for quite some time. And the reason why is because we wanted to have this conversation with all of you around this concept of values. And first, identifying what those values may be, but also diving into this topic of what happens in a situation where you might have compromised your values, which I think happens to so many of us on so many different levels. The person's name, her name is Dr. Summer Watson, and I wanted to bring this conversation live to you so we can have this particular dialogue with all of you. Summer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for the invite. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for choosing to have this conversation with me and everyone else that chooses to join around this topic of values. And in knowing who I am, or maybe a brief understanding that you have of me, you know that I love to dive deep into the topic off the bat. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> that's that's one of the beauties that I've I've learned throughout this experience. And so when we talk about values, I would like to start off this conversation by asking you the question of, have you ever felt like you compromised your own values? Wow, you do. do, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yes, you know, we all compromise our values at one point or time in our lives. And yes, so I think I have. Do you want an example of that? Absolutely. If you can think of one. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) yeah, I can. And um, I'm going to give you one. Not when I was younger, because I think that there were times where, you know, as as you grow, I'm not sure if if you're clear, even as an adult, if you're clear about your values. So as you get older, hopefully you you get a better understanding, you're more wise and have more wisdom and, you know, you can grow in, in, in self. And that being said, um, I'm going to give you 
one instance where I think as an adult, I did compromise my values. So I was a, a military spouse for 20 plus years. My husband was in the Marine Corps and we traveled all over. And when we traveled all over, we had to go from, I had to go from job to job, to job, to job, to job. And it was difficult. It's difficult being a military spouse because you're always trying to find a job that fits your expertise, where you're valued and yet also where you can get a job. Sometimes it's just you got to settle or you got to, you know, find what you can. And there was an instance where I interviewed, I had two or three interviews with a hospital and they wanted to, they wanted to hire me, but I needed to keep, you know, next step, next step, meet meet uh, the upper management, you know, meet the people that I was going to work with, that kind of thing. And as I'm, when I met with the upper management, um, I asked them, what are you looking for in an employee? What, um, why have, you know, how many employees have been in this particular position? Is this the new position that you created? They said, no, it's not a new position, but there have been about seven people in this position. And I said, okay. And in what length of time have these seven people have been in this, in this position? And they said about seven in the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. And yet I knew, I knew that in my head, that was a red flag. I knew that was a red flag, but I was like, mm, you know, I only have so many options here. I only have so much that I can do here. And I struggled with this and I took the job and I struggled every day because I knew exactly why I found out why in the first couple of weeks, exactly why there had been seven people in a short amount of time. And when I accepted that job, I struggled. I struggled. I went home. I tossed and turned about it. And I knew internally that this wasn't necessarily the right decision. I should have trusted my own personal insight, my judgment. But again, as a military spouse, you're trying to get a job when you're jumping from place to place. I just knew it. I took a pay cut, a significant pay cut from my last place of 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 where I worked to what I accepted. And I knew this was hitting me. This was hitting me internally. This was, you know, this was something I was mulling over in my brain constantly. And I took the job. And when I took the job, I was like, "Mm, yeah, their, their structure isn't such that it was set up where they even knew what they were doing necessarily. Um, We tried to redefine that. There was a lot of struggle, not with me so much, but within the the chain um, of upper management. And so they just didn't know where they were going. And for me, I should have known better. I should have trusted my insight. I should have trusted my better judgment. I went against, um, you know, my own personal values of taking something that I knew wasn't right for me. Like, I just knew it. I knew it in my heart. And that was something that I really struggled with for a long time because I stood, I stood with it. Like, and I... And I tried to help them restructure, but they just continued to want to do the same thing, but not change. They said mm-hmm. they want to change, but they didn't really want change. And so that too, I knew I, at the job, I was going to have, I was having struggles. So I saw a lot of turnover. I saw a lot of people not wanting to come to work because of it. I saw a lot of, 
you know, struggle within the organization. So finally, finally, after a certain amount of months, I was like, enough, that's enough. So I knew exactly I should have trusted myself. So yeah, that was a misstep on my part. (laughs) Is there a difference between principles, values, and beliefs? Absolutely. Absolutely. So principles are something more static. They're like the law. They're, they're not really changeable. They're um, objective in the realities. So it's like good or bad love and hate. Those are just two. Those are defined. Those are very static. Those don't change either love or hate someone. But here's the difference. Values and beliefs are, they are, they can be swayed. They can be changed. They are flexible. So you might love somebody to what degree you love somebody is different. What love looks like to you is different. What love looks like to somebody else is different. So there's where the flexibility is. There's concrete principles, but the flexibility and the, the not the objectivity, but the subjectivity in regards to beliefs and values is very different. Mm-hmm. The reason why I asked that is because I remember, and this, this has happened a couple of times sure. where I would have different conversations with different friends. And sometimes the thing that I would hear was that, well, I can't believe I did this because I thought this was my value or this is the thing I believed in. And what I I think helped possibly doing that situation was to create the space where I almost put the question back on them as far as that initial they asked, why did I do this? And I said, well, maybe you did this because that wasn't ultimately the, the, the value that is who you are. Maybe the value such as honesty or loyalty or whatever it is, maybe there is, maybe there are other layers to it. And so it's not the way that you envision loyalty to be, but rather loyalty looks like something completely different in your life. And so therefore the actions that you chose to take to possibly compromise that loyalty, you didn't really compromise it, but more so you just tapped into a different layer of it. I like the way you put that. So to kind of piggyback on that, where would you go and what would you say if there was actually a static definition or something that was very objective about the the idea of loyalty? And then you go and make the decision that you made and you go, ooh, I wasn't being loyal to myself. I Mm -hmm. wasn't adhering to that loyalty. Now, the question I have, and this is really kind of a deep question, are you giving yourself, are you making allowances for yourself because Mm -hmm. of what you did or because of your perception of what loyalty is? That's a really good question. I think for me, from my own personal experience, the way that I would answer it is this way. I think there's definitely that component as far as allowing myself, it's almost like creating not necessarily an excuse, but justifying that yes. answer. The other component is this, though. I don't, be- I don't believe there is an ultimatum. I don't believe there is that core definition or the ultimate definition of loyalty, honesty, respect, whatever it is. Because a lot of those things, at least in my opinion, they're a matter of perspective. Right. You might have had X, Y, and Z experiences in your life that help shape respect or love or whatever else in one way compared to the experiences that I had, which could be different 
And so I'm going to see those subjects through a completely different lens because I had a very different set of influences and influencers throughout my life. Right. And I like the way you say that. So let me give you, let me give you kind of a conceptualization of what you just said in, from my perspective. So I would say that from a clinical perspective, when I do, when I would do a full range assessment and say that somebody says, you know, they come and see me and they say, you know, I'm really struggling. I really am having a high time. And many parents will say, oh, do you think my kid's ADHD? Or do you think that, da, 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 right? Or do you think um, maybe I'm diagnosed as bipolar? I have having bipolar disorder. And I said, wait a second. Okay. So here, let's do this. And here's where the layers come in. And mm-hmm. this is where the full range assessment comes in. When you're looking at a human being, where you're looking, let's say, even at something as simple and as concrete as loyalty, right? Mm-hmm. And the definition of loyalty, because there is a definition. I see that there are definitions, and that's the concrete part. But the different part is, and when you're looking at full range assessments too, is you just don't look at that definition. You look at the social aspects, you look at family, you look at genetics, you look at all these variables, because those are what influence that static definition, Mm -hmm. that loyalty. That's the layer to me. So there's where the subjectivity comes in, is putting this puzzle together to understand what prompted or motivated you to do what you did. Not that it's good or bad, but here's the the part about it. And here's where emotions come in, Oleg, is you then internalize that. You then internalize. So there's steps, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the definition. Here's the influencers. Then the internalization. And the internalization is, what do I do with this? What did I do? And the guilt comes with that because of how you define loyalty in the first place or the way you believe loyalty should have been or how you perceived it. Mm -hmm. Now you're internalizing it. Now, what do you do? So the fourth part is, what do you do about that? How Mm -hmm. do you, how do you become even? How do you become balanced again in your life without beating yourself up, taking responsibility and saying, okay, I did this. Just like when we started out this conversation what was some of the missteps? How did you not align with your values and beliefs? So we go back to that and say, okay, yes, I do want to align with my value and beliefs, but what does that look like? What does that mean? And that's where the the subjectivity can come in and go, okay, I need to realign myself, stop mm-hmm. putting myself up and take responsibility and go forward. And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So these are some really, this is a really great question that you started off with, because again, it allows us to look at the variables and the steps that would impact those decisions. Yeah. And I think the other thing that you mentioned is something that I mentioned to you prior to hitting the record button here. And that mm-hmm. is, I believe a lot of the values and beliefs and some of the other things that we refer back to as far as foundations of who we are, I think they're meant to evolve because let's face it life, or at least in my opinion, a good portion of life is evolution. So the person that I was 15 years ago, it's not the same person that I am today, as far as that level of understanding comes, and the things that I may value and believe in. And so that's where I get curious. And I think you might have briefly touched upon that at the beginning, as far as what really changes then? What changes? Because it's, is it the value that changes? Is it the belief? Or is it the personality 
and the understanding that you have right now that ultimately changes that may lead down that path of you kind of looking at some of those things and saying, man, I can't believe I did this when I thought I was X, Y, and Z to begin with. No, right. I think you just touched on so many wonderful things and so many great questions. So let's go back to that foundation and let's talk about, you know, let's touch back on principles. So principles are different. And those are like, you know, you have that whole theory of guiding principles, right? And so they're pillars, so to speak. There was a theory that came out with your principles of theory or pillars of principles and principles, again, as they are static, right? And so what are not static are those values and beliefs. Those values and beliefs change. They change over time. Personality. Now, this is this is a toss up, and and many you know psychologists and psychiatrists say no. Personality set at eighteen. Some say personality changes, but what I say is personality generally stays the same, and you see the development of personality over time, and it's pretty set at eighteen. But what changes and influences that are life experiences. And it's not that the change is personality, it's what impacts that. It what changes your personal values and beliefs. And those life experiences, you can go back on and say, well, I learned from my parents, I learned from my clergy, I learned from my educators, and I'm living my life because this is exactly what I learned from them. And one of the things I hear, and you've probably heard this too, but Mm -hmm. I do this because my mom or dad used to do this. This is who I learned this from. But are you really, really living what you're saying you're living? Is it time for you to take a deeper dive and say, you know, and really do some introspection about who you are, what your values are, what your beliefs are? And that's exactly why I wrote the book that I did. Mm -hmm. Because we wanted you to take a deeper dive. We don't want you to say, yes, these are my values because this is what I learned. No, these are your values because this is how you live your life. Mm. And this is what I've learned based on my experiences. Mm-hmm. You don't just live your life because you think this; these are your values. And I'm not saying that you aren't going to bring some of those values forward with you because that's absolutely okay. But make sure that you're living the values that you say that you're living. living mm-hmm. through it. And I say that because that'll really open up your life to living with more um, a sense of freedom, a, a sense of who you are. Mm-hmm. In your opinion and in your experience, when you talk about this influence that parents and their surroundings have on our beliefs and values, what have you learned throughout that as far as is there a fine line that you choose to draw in understanding that, okay, these are things that are passed down from my parents and I don't have to take all of them word for word? And if so, what is that line? Let me actually take it even a step farther. When it comes to receiving information from people, how do you choose to understand which information you act on and which information you just choose to pass on? That's a good question. And I think that's different for each of us based on how we how we do our decision making, how we pursue decision making. And mm-hmm. I think that um, for me personally, so I've always been one of these people and I think One of the things that I do adhere to that my mom raised me with is, you know, be open to learning, be open to change, be open to, you know, um, dialogue, to understanding other people's points or perspectives. And so I think as I grew up, let me give you an example. I went to Catholic school from the fifth to the eighth grade. 
So mm-hmm. four years. So, yeah. Okay. Four years. And as I went through Catholic school, there were some things or tenets that I adhered to, like spirituality, prayer, those kinds of things. But after I got out, I had to look back on that education and go, this is what it provided me. And I, I logically did this as a teenager. This is what it provided me. It provided me foundation. It provided me structure. It provided, you know, a good foundation for, you know, learning about my values. And yet I still had to question the, the faith mm. and how it was practiced. So when I look back on that, I thought that's not necessarily how I practice spirituality. Mm-hmm. My spirituality practice is such that I don't need to say a Hail, a Hail Mary or an Our Father or a, I say a prayer every night. This is the way I practice. I don't, I'm not going to let that influence me in regards to my own in spirituality. However, what I can say is it did give me some guidance some overview of how I could potentially practice. Mm-hmm. So there's where my personal beliefs varied from maybe the Catholic church mm-hmm. or my education or what I was taught. But I had to do some deep, take a deep dive and do some introspection about how was I going to continue to grow? But where was I and where did I stand with what was what was given to me or what was provided or what was shown to me, you know, during those four years of education, Mm -hmm. how did I take that? And what did I do with that? What is your responsibility now in knowing what you know and how your information and what you may know can influence other people, not even necessarily the beliefs and values, but really just their own being and whatever it is that they choose to do moving forward. How do you choose to pass on, your information, and in particular, the self-limiting beliefs and the fears that you might experience? Right. I mean, we all have self-limiting beliefs and fears. Mm -hmm. It's how, again, how you work through those. So how do you work through fear? Are you getting in the way of yourself? Are you limiting yourself because of A, B, and C? So how do you separate yourself and where are your boundaries? How do you set boundaries? Because a lot of times we forget how to set our own personal boundaries and life comes at us, kids, spouses, you know, education, all these things start coming at us and we forget about our own, how we function through the world. And what's Mm -hmm. most important is if we forget about that, we get lost in that. Mm -hmm. So what I say is take a step back, take a breather, take time. Number one, take time for yourself. Number two, recognize that you are important, that your values and beliefs mean something and have value. They have value. You are of value. Number three, understand what those are. Take a deep dive. As I mentioned, I I think I mentioned, I wrote a book. I co-authored a book. I co-authored a book specifically so that that people could have strategy in taking a deep dive into who they are. Because people always say, you know, are you self-actualizing? Um, do you feel self-actualized? But if you really think about the word actualization, it's something that, you, you know, you grow towards, mm-hmm. but you never self- stop self-actualizing. You continue until you're gone. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if you're open to growth, you're actualizing, you're self-actualizing, you're self-growing. Mm-hmm. So I would say continue to allow yourself to grow, set some boundaries, take some time for yourself 
and take that deep dive. Be courageous enough to take that deep dive of understanding what your personal values and beliefs are and getting out of the way of yourself so you can do it. Because mm. many times we're the ones who get in the, in the way of ourselves, not other people, <laughs> it's us. <laughs> it's yeah. our own person, our own being, it's our own thoughts, our mindset. There was a line I read once upon a time and it said that the only limit is you. And I really do believe that because I think oftentimes looking back at my own experience and different obstacles that, or what appear to be obstacles, I set those up to begin with. I looked at a lot of those situations through the lens of, I can't believe this is an adversity. I can't believe this is a challenge. Here's the thing that I've learned over time is that as I open myself up to other people's perspectives, I then begin to realize that the things that I viewed as challenging or difficult, they didn't have to be that way. There was another way that I can look at a lot of these situations. And so a lot of this, I think, just boils down to the lens. And I know that for anyone that's choosing to even tune in right now with the adversity and the different challenges that you might have in your life, the question that I started to ask myself in that time of adversity is, what about this has to be as difficult as I imagined it to be? So a lot of that, I think, goes back to the story that we tell ourselves internally about whatever it is that we are about to encounter before it even happens. And so I think that goes back to the beliefs part. Which aspects of this journey do we choose to believe and internalize? And then from there, transform into our principles that we can choose to live by every single day. Let me ask you, Olay, since we have a couple of minutes, what was one of one of the things that happened to you where you think that you compromised your values and beliefs? Well, I think one of the things that happened to me, I think it happens many times. And I think in particular, what I will say is, for example, this concept of community or learning. Learning is is one I could think of. There were moments throughout my lives where, throughout my life, where I chose not to actively engage with learning. I put it on the back burner. I did. I just didn't want to step into it. Um, I think part of it is because I was maybe afraid of growth. I was afraid of change. And I actually fought change on numerous occasions. So whether it's, let's say, trying something new or moving to a different city, going into a group of people and talking to them where I may not know a single soul within that. So I think it was that fear of change. I think it was possibly the fear of being rejected, the fear of not being accepted, the fear of not belonging in that group that prevented me from really tapping into one of those core values. And that is the learning, the ability to learn. And so once I understood that, what clicked for me was that I chose to step into it. One other point I'll make is this, and this is something that I I'm going to share later on with everyone else. And that's about this concept of receiving compliments. In my opinion, what I've learned is that through compliments, I've actually been able to identify my my own values. Here's how. When I chose to open myself up to other people telling me different things about my strengths and areas to improve in, and then I actually tuned into those comments, I was able to articulate different values and different core strengths from it. And I think oftentimes, once again, in my opinion, I don't think many of us are taught 
how to receive compliments. For example, if you do something well, and I would say, Summer, you did this in an exceptional way. From my end, when I received something like that, I would just either brush it off or go on to the next one. Because I didn't know how to acknowledge that. I didn't know how to embrace it. So that's that's one thing, one side note that I learned is that through compliments, I was actually able to learn more about myself and my own values and beliefs. Well, thank you for answering that question because I think I think it shows that we all have these, we all question ourselves, we all take these missteps, and maybe we don't have that insight at that moment, but we go back and hopefully we do go back and kind of analyze that and say, uh, how could we have done that differently? Or maybe we now define this differently or our values are beliefs and such that, you know, I, I would do it this way, A, B and C way. Right. So I think that, you know, as you touched on here too, in compliments, I'm going to kind of piggyback on that and say, I think you're right about that too. Not that you're finding value or everything in that compliment, but it gives you some insight that you are doing something right, that maybe you need to look clue into that and hear what people are saying. And, and so um, I believe that because part of my foundation and growing up, again, I'm going back to my mother, one of the things she said, she always said this, she said, Mm -hmm. do whatever you want, you can set that platform that stage for yourself. And I think having her say those things when there are so many other outside influences in our life to have that stable foundation from her to say, you can do this. Even if you come up against adversity, you get in there, you do it, you figure out a way, you know, if you don't know a word, here's the dictionary, go look it up. She didn't Mm -hmm. really, she didn't enable me, but she, you know, set the, the stage, the platform for me with her own values to say, you can do this. And I think that really helped me throughout my life because I knew I had an ally. I knew I had that person on my side saying, you got this. You got mm-hmm. this. So again, to kind of piggyback on what you said, surround yourself with people who, who will be honest, but will also lift you up, you know, lift you up in what you're doing. And I think that's really important is having that strong network. Do you think we can all be of value to each other? Absolutely. Absolutely. I absolutely, because even if you don't align with maybe what somebody is saying, it'll mm-hmm. give you insight into what you do or do not want to value. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I believe the same thing. And I think the other thing that I chose to believe is that we're all feedback mechanisms to each other. So whatever it is that we choose to share with others and the feedback that we receive, even in situations, just like you said, where I might may, where I may be sitting there in discomfort, mm-hmm. there's still opportunities for me to learn things about myself in that particular instance. In particular, why am I experiencing that discomfort? What is it that that person said or did that made me feel this way? Absolutely. And again, to kind of go with that whole train of thought and going with something that's really hot right now is uh, conscious and unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. You may be sitting there uncomfortable because maybe it's a bias that you haven't confronted. Maybe it's something you haven't confronted and maybe it's something that you need to look at. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's why we're sitting in discomfort sometimes about whether or not it's a bias or it's this or it's that you got to sit there and kind of think about why you're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and 
how come you're feeling such and such a way and what's the influence and, and, and what you might need to look at. Mm-hmm. I think in regard to the bias part, as well as this, the, the conscious part, well, let's not say it's easy to recognize. It takes, <laughs> takes some serious, takes some serious work and awareness to get to that point. But even with the unconscious part, it's something that takes quite some time. And I know that a friend of ours, Sajel, yes. does a lot of that work in that yeah. space. And so I was very fortunate to have shared a stage with her where she actually gave a presentation around it. And it just, it really got me thinking the numerous times when I would walk into a restaurant and let's say there would be an open seat. And the first thing I look at was not the path that I take to that open seat, but who's sitting to the light, right and to the left. And that I think oftentimes, sometimes it determines your decisions. Um, Absolutely. And I have to say thank you to Sajel because she introduced the, the two of us. So, or, did she introduce the two? So I think, uh, or I, I don't know how that works. So anyway, but yes, that she came to mind regarding the uh, the conscious and unconscious bias when I made that comment because, again, it's something that if you're feeling uncomfortable in the space or who you're around or what's being talked about. Mm-hmm. It's something that you need to kind of consider and think about and, and why you're feeling that discomfort. But you're absolutely right. And I call this kind of like when I talk about women and women, um, women making decisions, women, um, especially in the 80s. And as we came up through, you know, the workforce, many times we go into these new jobs, say you went into a new job and we wouldn't look around. We or we would look around and we wouldn't look at necessarily the men were in those spaces or spaces of authority. We would look at other women, mm-hmm. we'd look at women to the left, to the right of us. And we wouldn't allow ourselves to look at the whole spectrum of maybe the organization. And we'd be like, oh, we want her job or her job because mm-hmm. we felt like wait, maybe that's easier route. That's not the easier route. We needed to look at the whole space and assess where am I in this space? Where do I sit? You know, is this, and for me, when I go and look in the space, I'm looking at, <laughs> there are a lot of different factors that I'm looking at. And it's not so much who's to the left and to the right of me, who's coming through the front door, who's coming through the back door, you know, that kind of stuff. So you, you wonder, you've got to wonder why you're having those thoughts. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what's, what's in, what's impacting those thoughts or why, where do those thoughts come from? And why I'm thinking about who's coming in the front or who's coming in the back and what's happening in our society or what's happening in my life, maybe to, to have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose to work with women? I know that that's a core point, point of your business. Like what, right. what's the story that triggered that to begin with? Oh, that's a good question. Well, over time, I recognize that, and I work with both men and women. I love working with both men and women, but I, when I started this company, I did a survey and and it goes further back, but I did a survey when I started this company and the survey basically was to ask women, do you have mentors or, um, you know, somebody to kind of help you in the workplace or at school? And do you have another woman mentor in the workplace or at school? And it was about, I think, 40 something percent that said no. Then I said, were you embraced by other women socially? And it was 45 percent that said no. And I was like, I was getting back these answers on the survey that I did. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we've got to do better than this. Or we have got to do better than this. And also it goes further back. So over my time, 
my mom, my sorority, you know, my, the women that were in my sorority, military spouses, all these different groups of women always, we always found a way to hold each other up to support mm-hmm. one another. So I wanted to do something and create something that would support other women that would give them a platform of safety somewhere where they can tell their story, talk about their journey. But what I realized too, during doing that, so I have a podcast that allows for that, but I realized that men were starting to come into this conversation and they wanted to start like talking. They wanted to start having these conversations and talking about their journeys. So then I integrated doing Instagram lives with men because I thought, well, this is really important. They're part of our community. They're part of, you know, making a difference and helping us make change. And I want to hear their stories. I want to hear their journeys. And that's why you and I did a live together on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to hear your story. I wanted to hear your journey. I wanted to hear your wisdom. And it's important because as we go back to the question you asked, do we all have value? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's also, this is a complete sidetrack, but I've noticed this for a while, but even in regard to the name, woman and men, they coexist. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's funny to look at it and yet look at it also through the lens of however many times I think some of us try to create a difference or believe there is a difference and divide. And and to a degree, there there are certain differences that are visible to both of us. But at the end of the day, I think there are much, there are many more similarities than there are differences between the two. You know, maybe now I need to between the O and the M, I need to put a plus sign. So <laughs> there you go. There's an idea. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. And that goes, that goes back to how you and I chose to start this conversation. Yeah. And that is everything's meant to evolve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So this is a wonderful conversation. I really enjoy the dialogue and it goes back to something and evolution. So, and and listening to self. So one of the things I have to point out here too is while doing this and Mm -hmm. while evolving and being in this, you know, having created this company and, you know, uh, creating the platform for women to speak on the podcast, core women podcast, and then doing the IGs. What I've been hearing from folks is, I mean, folks from around the world now have been on my podcast or on my IG lives. And they say, I feel so at ease. I feel so at ease with you. You're easy Mm -hmm. to talk to. You've drawn out some things from me that I never thought I would tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'm evolving too. And with that said, I need to listen to that. And so one of my new goals is going into radio. So I'd like to go towards radio now. Mm Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So for anyone that's listening and has any sort of connections or anything like that yeah. in their radio space, please right. connect with Summer and share those resources. Um, Thank you. Summer, what is the best way that people can connect with you? And do you have anything else that's coming up that people can be a part of? Well, you know, of course, I've got the book, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I get really strong language. I know. What, <laughs> so what we do is we take the idea of strong language in this book, and we pose it against your own values and beliefs, because it is a sensitive subject. So we wanted to catch you off guard. We wanted to make you go, woo, you know, and some people love the title. Some people are like, ooh, that feels a little uncomfortable. But why? And look into this book because it has strategy. It takes you through a thought process as to really taking that deeper dive into 
who you are, what values and beliefs you live your life by. And mm-hmm. I think, again, as I said, you know, this is one of the things that we're doing right now. I'm promoting that book. I'm also, I continue to do the podcast. I am also going to start a new IG Live. I cannot wait to tell you all about it. It's going to be great. It's going to be with somebody else. Um, It's really exciting. And so it's going to be a new show that we're going to bring to you um, on uh, Instagram. So it's going to be during the day and it's going to be once a week. So I am working on that. And the way that people can get a hold of me, um, and I am a coach. So if anybody is interested in doing coaching, either man, woman, you know, (laughs) join me, reach out to me. The way you can reach out to me is through LinkedIn. You can instant message me. You can instant message me on at core women on Instagram Mm -hmm. or on Twitter, which is uh, core women one. Or you can go to www.core.corewomen.com. Thank you for sharing that. We'll make sure to include all the different ways that people can connect with you and uh, learn more about your work. Thank you. And I want to thank you, Oleg. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you today as well as previously. You always, we have such great dialogue and you bring up such great questions. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you all for choosing to tune in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard on any of the previous episodes, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next week.